Drink more of the whiskey. And are you nervous? Why are you we'll nervous? do it live. Why are you nervous? I'm really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you know you love talking about nerdy shit. That's right. That's all you got to do for the next 45 minutes. Wait, this is the DBD podcast, right? Right. Uh, does, does it really matter? <laughs> I was told this is the BDSM podcast. Ah. Does it really matter? <laughs> <laughs> it's all the same thing. It's like if there was a Venn diagram of all things we're interested in, there'd be a surprising amount of overlap that's inappropriate. Uh, uh, the TikTok yeah. community is exactly what you're talking about. Should like, we? Uh, there's maybe? a D&D community and a BDSM community, and so, very frequently they overlap. Yeah. That felt good. That's one way to kick it off. We haven't heard that in a long time. That felt good. How much of that was recorded? Uh, about it, 23 seconds of it. Oh, geez, <laughs> good. That's good. That music gets the people going. Hey, welcome to Legend Lore, brought to you by Strange New Worlds Productions. We know it's been a while since we released an episode. We had the holidays in between, COVID protocols we had to uh, obey. If you're a lycanthrope, you've yeah. probably changed at least once since the last podcast. This is true. This is true. I wish I was a lycanthrope. That'd be awesome. Well, what type like, would you be? Like a good, well, like, do you mean like animal or yeah. like what? Oh, I, I, I would want to be like a tiger. You'd be were turtle. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to be like the kind of like, I want to be the lycanthrope that can control my changes. So I'd be like, you know, I could turn into a, it's kind of like D&D. I'm pretty sure in D&D, they can be a human. They mm. can be a hybrid animal or they could just be the animal. Right. So, it'd be, I mean, a turtle would be pretty cool. Like, I'd just be like, hey, guys, I'm going down the river to swim in the lake now. And just, I'd turn into a turtle and just go swim in the lake. So, when I kill Hester and Hell Squad, you can come back as like an infected uh, hunter. Ooh, and oh, actually, and, and I have a whole list of different kind of, uh, of, of, of um, therianthropes. They're called therianthropes. So, Therianthrope. that therianthrope, oh. that's the actual proper term because lycanthrope is just wolf. That's true. Well, and it's, yeah. uh, oh, I guess so. So, so, well, I, well yeah. actually, I'm pushing actually, up my glasses. Well, actually, um, <laughs> so it, how do you go from like, is there a way to distinguish a, a lycanthrope that can change at will versus like it's a curse and the moon makes you change? Like, how do you like, how do you evolve to that or become that? It's uh, actually, it depends on the lore. Yeah. Because you, know I mean, you can be a vampire spawn and then eventually right, yeah. become a master vampire. Yeah. It's the same thing. I think it, a lot of the, some of the old werewolf lore would be that, yes, it is a curse and you can't control it. You're going to change on the full moon, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there's some old lore that also says that, the longer you're uh, a werewolf, the more control you have over it. Oh. The more you learn to control the animal once you change, and also you can then begin to change when you want to. Okay. That's and, really good. Yeah. It's kind of like when I was teaching myself to hula hoop. And it's at, exactly at first, like that. It was super <laughs> random when it would stick on my hip, and then towards <laughs> the end, I still sucked. <laughs> It's not like that at all. So, so I want to tell you what. Ask ask Beth. I'm good with the hula hoop. I got I got some good hip action. Really? I used to kick her ass on the Wii hula hoop thing okay. all the time. I think we need to find a way to upload this to our Twitter. <laughs> I got the, the Dresden Files did a really good job on lycanthropes. They've got like four different kinds of lycanthrope yeah. like kind of things. And three of them were just different ways you could transform into a dog-like being uh, or a wolf-like thing. And then one of them was straight up, this is the curse. You turn on the full right. moon, you are an uncontrollable kind of thing. It was called a loop-garoo lycanthrope. Oh, or something okay. like that. Yeah, loop-garoo. Loop that's yeah. actually French for werewolf. 
Oh, really? I didn't know that. It's kind of incredible how many uh, ancient cultures and stuff have myths and legends about people becoming animals. And like, it is one of those things like in Hell Squad where we're like, you know, well, I wonder if like the lore and and all that maybe has some ground in reality or kind of see where that comes from. It's kind of like, uh, I I wouldn't say it's our sister podcast, but if you take away the first name of our podcast, there's a, there's a podcast called Lore and he talks all about kind of stuff like that. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll have to partner up with him. It's very spooky. Okay. Well, I, I think human history is filled with all kinds of goodies like that. I mean, yeah. Hey, I can't. Oh, oh, and for our listeners out there, in case you haven't figured this out by now, uh, I think I turned Matt down. <laughs> Sorry. This is a hot it's been so It's been so long, I forgot who, who, whose sound was who. Okay. Uh, anyways, um, it's, been, it, it's been a while. Yeah. And normally we have a very solid topic or maybe a couple topics or a guest or whatever that we talk about. Uh, today we decided to do something a little bit different. We are going to talk about uh, one thing. We're going to talk about inhabiting your character as as role player at the table a little bit, but then we're going to, we're going to wander a little bit. So hang with us and we're going to talk about a variety of subjects today. Yeah. I think it's just good to get together and hang out and talk and, you know, do what we do, do what we do, do what we do, shoot the shit as you would say. And yeah. Yeah. That's what they say in the South, right? In the South. and uh, Yeah. We say that all the time. You know, you just go down there and say, man, shooting shit. <laughs> one, of the, one of the ones that freaks me out is, there's there's several ways to skin a cat. Like I'm just like, yeah, how many cats what, are you what? skinning over in the south? Yeah, is what, that what, a, what is that man, about? I tell you what, I lived down there for 20 years and I never saw anybody skin a cat. That's okay. some that's some propaganda from the north. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's, car, it's those carpet baggers from the north coming yeah, down there. Yeah, and they're, oh, they're, skinning, they're, all they're the skinning all them cats down there. No, sir, that was a raccoon. That was not a cat. <laughs> so uh, so John, hey, DM Rockfist mm-hmm. and. I'm uh, Dungeon Master Mike, and we got... Uh, Dungeon Master Popatine, only for a little bit longer, though. Also, oh. it was Matt. Or Dungeon Emperor Popatine. Yeah. And then, of course, we have... The simple, nothing special player. Cody. But not, <laughs> but not for much longer. So Cody is so full of shit every time he says that. He will be Game Master <laughs> Cody. I will be Game Master Cody soon. So, so John, this was kind of your idea. You wanted to talk a little bit about inhabiting your character. Yeah. So, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, first of all, every one of you guys is great role players, and I think one of the... the Except for Keenan. Yeah. He so sucks. Keenan's terrible. That's why we didn't yeah. invite him to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> he can't say nothing about this. Uh, <laughs> we love you, buddy. Hope that tattoo's going well. Um, no, man, I just think that we all enjoy role-playing a lot, and I think a, a big barrier for new players can, to the game can be this idea that you're going to pretend to be... It's literally adult make-believe, right? Like, you're going to pretend to be someone who is not you. Um, and, and I got to thinking about that and how like maybe that's a, something that we kind of take for granted because we've all been doing it for a while, but it's a big hill for a new person to climb to kind of get over and start enjoying playing D&D. So I was just curious like what, what you guys do to successfully inhabit your character and role play out who they are and separate who you are as a person from who your character is uh, in the game. And I don't know, I, just, I didn't have any specific like theory I was trying to prove out or anything. I was just curious uh, what yeah. y'all's process was for that. Um, I, well, I don't know. It, I think for me in particular, I think it helps that I did have you know, some theater training when I was a kid, obviously younger teenager, but also I'm a writer. So when I create characters, I am literally inhabiting each of those characters. I mean, I'm inhabiting their head, you know, I'm figuring out how they think from their perspective, even though it could be completely different than me, because that's, that's my job as a writer. So I kind of bring that to the table when I'm role-playing too. My hardest thing that I have is not meta-ing, sorry, I'm all stuffed up tonight. I sound like it too. Not meta-ing too much about um, story. And it's easy for me to step back and go, okay, my character would not know this, even though my 
Mike knows this, even though the DM Mike knows this, but sometimes it's hard for me not to meta story. I have that problem when watching TV shows too. I know it's really good. Like it's a really good movie, really good TV show, a really good gaming session when I don't see what's coming or I don't meta what's coming. <laughs> Are you saying like you can anticipate what the yeah. the plot hook is or the plot twist is going to be? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times, most of the time, most of the time I know what's going to happen before it happens. Yeah. You know, and that's just, it's just the way my head's built because I'm constantly always rolling stories over in my head and thinking about plot and things like that. But I will say that I'm not saying that I'm better writer or anything like that than, than these guys that did this or this game master here or anything like that. It's just the way my head works. So I know like when it's really good, I'm sucked in and I don't think about that stuff at all. But that's one of my hardest things I do when I'm gaming. Like I have to really step out of that storyteller aspect and just fully embrace, okay, th I'm this character. This is who I am. This is how he's going to react, even if it's completely different than me. And, and and I'm good with like, if like, okay, I know, you know, I know, okay, I know this creature. I've seen this. I've read this creature in the in the monster manual. I know everything about it. My guy doesn't know shit about it. So I'll play him like he doesn't know shit about it. Do you feel like that is a constraining thing or a freeing thing as far as how it affects your creativity? No, I think it's fine. It's freeing. I think it's good to get into someone else's head, walk yeah. someone else's shoes. Yeah. I, I, I've been in management most of my life, like, and I had... Somebody tell me once, oh, you're the reason you're a good manager is because you you you're a writer and you like you love to read. And I went, what? What's the? How do you put those two together, right? And they're like, you understand seeing things from someone else's perspective yeah. because you've lived a hundred different lives if you've read a hundred different books, right? right. And so it kind of helps me in my career, right? But then I, when you were just talking to me, I realized like, man, that's kind of maybe why I like role playing so much is because I get to do it myself, like I get to be that other character, and I have the same issue, right? Like. I can hardly watch a movie now without already guessing how it's going to end. Yeah. And, and I don't want to, it, it takes away from the enjoyment a little bit. Yeah. It's not like something you're doing on purpose. No, it's not it's something just, I do. on yeah. purpose. Yeah. But I mean, do you have any tips on how to do that? Like how to separate who you are and sort of what the meta in of the, the game is? I think just practice. I think that we, even when we first kind of started playing five uh, E together, I, I hadn't ran a game in a long time and I hadn't, I hadn't played as a character in even longer. And I think that's why if you get, if you look at Chauvin and from, from Curse of Strahd, he's more me than any of my other characters. Mm -hmm. Like he really is. And some of his reactions are more the real honest reactions that I would have in that situation. And since then, I'd say because we've been playing so long, we've been playing multiple campaigns that I now feel that I'm, I'm a better role player because of that. Cause it's just practice. Yeah. You know, I just had some thoughts kind of going through my head as we're talking about this. I kind of think of D&D &D player characters as uh, in a way they do drive the story, obviously, but they're also kind of reactionary. Uh, you know, everything that the player does is a reaction to what the DM is describing is happening to them or around them, whatever like that. And I wonder if there's something to that as a way of not meta playing uh, the story there, you know, instead of trying to think about, you know, pre seeing uh, where, where the story is going to go or what you need, what you so, need to sorry, do, I am a professional. you know, I'm several sessions from now or, you know, the next hour from now, right. just reacting to what the other players are doing, reacting to what the DM is doing. It's like, it's that classic trope, right. Of like the DM, uh, basically says, oh, there's a treasure chest. And you're like, yeah, it's a mimic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or my favorite is that one meme you sent us a while back, Mike, is like a rock in the center of the road and, and, the, and it was like a fantasy book, but the title of the fantasy book was like, fuck you, DM, we are not going near that rock. We know it's going to attack us. Like, <laughs> yeah. But would your characters not just walk by the rock? Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. I mean, if your characters had seen a lot of mimics probably not but if it's you know level one adventure you're like oh da, 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 da. they wouldn't be like oh it's just a rock it's a rock let's walk past it yeah well, well there's certainly a, a certain amount of not getting out of getting out getting out of your own head that you can do that you're gonna have right right it's just it's just especially with your experience as a player 
mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to when, when the glowing uh, orb in the, in the hand is falling, you know, Matt or you or Charlie or Cody aren't going to go and lunge for it. David, on the other hand, did not have the player experiences with that. So right. he lunged for it, even though maybe all your characters might have done that. Right. But he did it just because he didn't have the experience as a player to know that, hey, that's probably the powerful item that made this undead. That's that's, a, that's such a powerful example of what we're talking about. Yeah. And I think that, you know, to David's credit, to this day, he probably will still do what his character he thinks would do, right? He does. He does. Um, that's, that's, that's one of the things I love about playing with David. I, I, I joke a little bit that he's kind of taken uh, the catapult of chaos uh, reigns, you know, from, from Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> But the truth is, I enjoy that stuff as a DM. I love right. it when you guys do things that just surprise me. And and David's just not afraid to do that. And I don't know if it's just because he is so fresh to playing, you know, what, three years probably now with us, or if it's just because that's how David is. And that's yeah. how he plays. Yeah. Well, I'd say I'd say Matt is also really good at with his characters just usually doing very like you have worked through the justification of why you're going to do a certain thing, even though you know that it's probably going to be disruptive, (laughs) (laughs) but it's always traceable back through the character's history and how you've role played them consistently through the whole campaign. And nobody's able to point a finger at you and say like, Oh yeah, you're just being chaotic or you're just doing something crazy. Like there's always something that ties back. So how, like how does creating a, a, a detailed backstory help you role play your characters? I mean, honestly, the one thing, the, what it does for me is it helps me in like all base. I have this big old outline and you've all, I, you, I think everyone's <laughs> seen it by now. Um, but I, ha, I have basically, Oh, here's their general information. And then I go, okay, here's their, here's their mental ability, like their mental, their mental um, capacity, I would say. And I kind of digged into that. Like how, how are they intelligent? Are they intelligent? Uh, are they charismatic? What is that? And I dig down into that and then I dig down to their physical capabilities and I dig down at like, how do they fight? Uh, and then after I finish it and I send it to you guys, I don't ever read it again because I, I don't, it's not like I'm, I just basically, I'm like, I'm not going to use any of this. It's more of just like, I need that process to write this out, Mm -hmm. to figure out who this is. And now that I've done that, I know who this character is. I know what their, you know, their flaws, their bonds, their, their goals are. And I'm going to use whatever that is. And I don't, cause I don't know what's going to happen later. And I don't, I want to give a little bit of freedom to them as well. So that's not like I'm constrained to just do one thing the whole time. But yeah, I'm, I've kind of even gotten to the point where I don't even do like a full, like, you know, paragraph or two pages long backstory. I just go like, Oh, this event happened, this event happened. And kind of what my character would do in that situation. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that comes from your acting ba- background too, because that's yeah. very much an actor thing, right there. That that most actors, really good actors, they will keep a, like a, a write a detail character background about the character. Mm-hmm. Hell, I've I've read about I've read stuff with actors who's like, I had three lines, but I had eight pages of backstory for this character. You know? <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> well, and I think if you're coming to to the tabletop and you're like, I really want to do a better job role playing my character, that might be a really powerful exercise for you to do. Even just jotting down a few bullet points about their past. Uh, I, you know, I actually like. 5e having the the flaws and you know the the ideals and the bonds and all Mm -hmm. that like that's a cool way to kind of flesh out your character a little bit yeah um, but inevitably at the table, something's going to happen that you as a player knows it's a certain way, but your character wouldn't. Um, do you find yourself struggling in that moment or do you, do you, do you kind of em- embrace it and sort of with enthusiasm that, Oh yeah, here's something that I know is crazy, but my character doesn't. I struggle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you just overthink it or, uh, I don't want my character to do the thing that the character wants to do, but I'm controlling the character and yeah. I don't want to do the thing, but I know the character wants to do the thing, but I don't want to do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's always i love the 
the intelligence roles. Like I love, like uh, I was just playing a game on this weekend because uh, I'm cheating on you guys with the, another group. You bastard. Um, but I played this game this weekend. It's an online Whore. game. <laughs> and there, there's a barbarian and he's not very smart and um it was a situation of we were getting beaten like we got beat up like crazy by these weird ice people i don't even know what they were i still don't know what they are because we just played it and we haven't found out yet but the and then they were all leaving like because we had killed a whole we killed a decent amount of them and so they now wanted to leave but they still had their big spellcaster up and he was like a big guy he cast cone of cold on us and all kinds of stuff like that and he was like all right i'm just gonna basically he was kind of like i'm gonna leave now turns around and the barbarians like wants to keep fighting him so he had to roll an intelligence check and he failed so we had to keep fighting him <laughs> oh okay like almost like i should realize i'm out of my depth here but yeah. but my character failed realizing that even though as a player i know this shouldn't keep going that's kind of cool oh yeah that's kind of a cool way to do it what what character have you played that you have struggled the most to connect with and like inhabit and role play like you find yourself more or less most conflicted with that character i guess i should say mm. oh. for, for me it was chud chud the barbarian even though he is still to this day my favorite character i ever played and mike knows exactly why mm. because from session one as a dm and as a guy who's like reading all the stuff like i, I you know this is a dumb barbarian and i know a lot of the stuff that he's doing is maybe not the most optimal thing right um but i eventually learned to embrace that um and it gave me an excuse to drink a little more at the session because <laughs> if i was a little buzzed and forgot something well that's the same thing as chud right. just not knowing to do it anyway right so yeah but anybody got any other characters that stand out? The thing that I always, well, not I always try to do, the thing that I try to do now with my characters is I try to kind of figure out like a trope or a gimmick that the character does. So I had a druid named Tuzo and he liked to get high. And that was like 90% of the dude's personality. Do you um, want to get high? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he was always trying to like offer people his weed and, and like have a good time. Uh, Numlock was just super, super dumb. And I would just be completely silent during all the roleplay moments until there was like a key word that I could spin into a pun or I could like, he was a sweet boy. Yeah. <laughs> we liked our number. Or like, I could like, you know, I, I could hear someone say something and I could misconstrue what word they said. And you were like, I don't know. I can't think of any examples of it, but so yeah, I just try to think of it as like a stereotype or like a trope of my character. And I just kind of roll with that. And then I kind of have fun with it, I guess. We were talking about acting earlier. And then you mentioned, um, like you said something about randomness or how things can get random. And it made me think of like improv acting versus normal acting, right? Mm -hmm. How like an improv, there's a lot of overlap, right? Between D and D and, and improv because you don't always know, you know even if you even if you're the dm you don't know what the players are going to do and nobody knows what the dice are going to do right so in improv what i've heard my limited understanding of it is it's a lot of yes and right like you accept what the current thing is and then you add to it instead of trying to change it or resist it right um do you guys think that's a a valid way to approach role playing. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any problem with that. Yeah, not at all. I mean, I, I would say maybe from the DM's perspective, it would be like if the player was like, "Yes," and I now pull out a laser gun and I start shooting that. It's like, no, you can't do that. Like that's. <laughs> Like, not like that's ridiculous, right. but something kind of like that. Um, I mean, I tried to do that the first time I played D&D &D when I was in high school. I was like, <laughs> yeah, my character's backstory is he's family raised dragons. So I have a dragon mount. <laughs> and the guy's like, you're level one, dude. Second edition D&D. &D. No, you don't. I, I would have I given you a dragon mount. Yeah, and then I would just, I would have, and then it would have, uh, it would have died in the first, like, oh yeah, just first round right of away. combat, just like, yeah. yeah, you have a dragon, of course, and then it's like, oh, you gotta fight a, a golem. Oh, he throws a rock at the dragon, it's dead. Ah, ah sucks to be you. <laughs> I've, I've seen an example about the yes and thing, but it goes yes, but 
yes, but. And so it, it's usually a DM tool. And it has to do with like the character wants to do something crazy, wacko, insane. And, you know, I want to pick up this giant boulder using my athletic score. Mm-hmm. DM's like, go for it. You know, Matt Mercer says, uh, you can certainly try. Right. And I think that kind of goes in the same kind of line. And, you know, you roll the the nat 20 or you roll really, really well. And yeah, you, you pick up the giant boulder, but there's a giant insect under it or something like that. You or break you your leg. Or you pull a muscle. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> like, you can pick things up that are heavier than you're supposed to in real life too yeah. <laughs> and just hurt yourself. So you have a hernia now. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I think for me to go going back to the only character I've ever played that I just was, didn't like was Ravana. That was it. I played the hell out of her, but, yeah, you did. but it was just hard. It was difficult because she was mean and you're nice. She was mean. <laughs> she was manipulative. She was all the things that I am not. Yeah. And there were points where it was fun, but there was points where I'm like, oh my God, this is also kind of a drag having to think like this all the time. Like having to think circularly all the time, having to think about how am I going to manipulate this situation for my benefit? It was hard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. One of the like barriers that a lot of people have to come in and play in role-playing games like is that they don't like i've had people say this to me like you know oh i'd love to play but i don't want to have to do a funny voice i was thinking about voices too that's funny. right yeah. so and i and i personally i like i'm horrible at it they all sound like they're arkansan but like I, <laughs> I i love doing voices and i love trying to have it my characters that way but there you know some of you at the table here you don't and you're a great role player so like how do you how do you approach voices with your characters uh you know i don't know i, I we get a lot of practice because we dm so much so we do a lot of voices right some of them we do really well some we do not some kind of start to slide together like you know every once in a while your your stride became a little you know southern (laughs) kind of thing but i don't know i just kind of don't really know what the voice is going to be for a character i'm playing until i sit down in that moment and sometimes it needs to be refined when i started playing my character for hell squad i started off one way and then i realized okay i'm getting kind of gruff right now and i said i want want this guy to sound he's really smart so then i kind of backed off of that a little bit and just went deeper because he's got deep voice mm-hmm. kind of thing but you know then i have you have the one thing i know <laughs> one thing i've definitely noticed about us if any of us <laughs> start playing a character with a southern accent yeah we all start talking that way. Yeah. <laughs> like when you guys went to uh, future, future Faerun and you were mm-hmm. kind of the wild, wild west. And I was doing a lot of, I was doing a lot of bad guys that were talking like this. Yep. And then all of a sudden around the table, I didn't you know, realize I'm Matt's now like I'm talking, or not Matt, uh, sorry, uh, Charlie's now starting to, as Akon starting to start going, you know, you, y'all. I'm you, a Western I'm, I'm going to use, I'm going to use a fireball, y'all. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of funny. I don't know why. The Southern one is always, for a reason, for me, the easiest one to do. Yeah. Um, Uh, But I do like playing around with that Southern accent, too. You know, the difference between my my space Texan in Star Wars. And Asmodeus and Hell Squad, where he's more, you know, he's more, right. he's more of the uh, Georgia gentleman yeah. kind of thing. So I, I love doing, I love doing accents. I'm, I'm not saying I'm good at them because I'm not. Well, there's a powerful point in that, right? Like yeah. you don't have to be good at them to yeah. enjoy doing it. No. Yeah, I, I think the biggest, the biggest thing is you have to be very careful when you're doing a, an accent, not to, not to parody, right? Not to, not to disparage, right? Where, where, where that person comes from. That in the way they talk, yeah. it has to be kind. Of, it has to kind of come from an honest place, right? You're you're honestly trying to inhabit the voice of your character, not poke fun at a people yeah. group or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I usually what I do is I think of a character, and then on my on my ro- drives, whenever I drive, wherever I go, if it's from D and D or you know if I have to go to the office or something like that, I will literally just like talk like my character. I will just <laughs> see if, and I will feel it out. Like how how can I get this character to sound how I want him to? Um, I did that with Amity. I've did. I mean, I've done it with every character pretty much. I have too. It's just 
just like it feels i want i want to find that perfect voice so that way when i sit down i'm not kind of like trying to figure out what it is right because right. i i don't want to distract people from it what we're this doing. is why i wait for my wife to go to work <laughs> as soon as that door closes i just i'm just speaking in voice my poor dog's like what has gotten into my father <laughs> right, right now i'm just i'm just imagining anybody that actually would, would that listened in on us because i do the same thing but i don't do it with for character voices i do it when story ideas are popping uh-huh. through my head yeah. i end up talking out loud to myself about my story ideas and then if there's dialogue you gotta act it out i end up acting out the dialogue yep. and i'm driving down, and it's always when i'm driving i'm driving down the road i'm talking to myself you know doing dialogue you guys make me feel better about myself yeah. <laughs> i mean i'm sure my neighbors now are like why does he keep talking like some weird sith dude like well <laughs> I, I like talk really loud yeah, like so. I, i've done it while walking the dog with like headphones on you know and like i i've looked up a couple times there's some people across the way like look at that guy that's that's scary <laughs> I, I think i would give some advice too that if you're a role player and you don't really feel comfortable doing accents then what you can also do is think about your syntax yeah and your pacing about how you do things you know, do you talk yeah. you can slow your talk down a little bit and that's not really an accent it's still my voice but i'm slowing things down just a bit you sound a little different but sound a little different yeah. but it's still my voice right you know you can also change your word selection yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Well, I, it's kind of funny because I tend to, I find myself doing that as running NPCs and running characters too. Depending on who the character is, all of a sudden I find, good you know, being a writer, having a large vocabulary, I find that I, I use different words for these different characters, which is fun. Yeah. And it's not intentional. I just realized, and that's where you brought it up because I realized it a couple weeks ago. I think I was talking to Saul Shrike and I realized, man, I, I was like, he was very, very intelligent, very well thought out. And I realized I was using completely different vocab for him than I had for anybody else in the campaign. Yeah. That's cool. Well, that fits, right? I mean, I think the other thing you can do too, if you're just like, I'm super uncomfortable ever trying to, you know, have a voice or an accent or anything, you can just say, so Mike, it's like, let's say you're role playing a halfling. You can literally say like, uh, yeah, you know, my character gets uh, really excited and with a very high pitched voice says, I can't wait to go to the see the king, you know? Yeah. And like, you don't have to actually act out the high pitched voice if you're not comfortable with it, but you could totally kind of like narrat- narrate what the voice <laughs> sounds like, right? So, but it, but it would sound like, I can't wait to go see the king. <laughs> I'm off to see the king. Why do we sound like Mickey Mouse? So, uh, <laughs> on, our, so on our test run, I think we've talked about this. Uh, we've got one, this is the penultimate episode of season one. So we have <gasps> one more episode after this and we're going to take a little break from regular podcasting and we're going to do a one-shot adventure and which will release into several episodes in between season one and season two to so for you guys to kind of watch us practice what we preach but we did a practice run session for that which will never be aired no and it wasn't because it was bad it was good we were drunk though it was <laughs> hilarious and every i think every single one of us had an accent you sure did yeah, yeah. you sure did and they were funny but the, what was it? Not, look we marked some of our episodes explicit this is beyond explicit <laughs> We were playing some pretty explicit. We were, we were, yeah. This one's never going to. That one's never going to see the the light of uh, light of air. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what y'all talking about. What would be awesome is if uh, which let's do it like this: Kickstarter campaign. If you ever want this campaign, this episode (laughs) to go live, we have to raise enough money. We can all quit our jobs Uh, and don't have to worry about anybody ever finding it. Every everybody that we've actually played it for said the same thing. Yeah, they're like, oh my god, that was so funny. Yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) So we're gonna we're gonna do something as good, but yep. that is proper for release. <laughs>
it's going to take place in Tiberia, probably yep. the the fantasy world that, that that we love the most, the creation of of DM Mike, and uh, it uh, it's going to be so much fun. It is, it is. All right, hey, uh, should we get in a word from one of our uh, fellow uh, NPCs that are always hanging oh, around? Yeah, with us? yeah, yeah bring so. them on, put so. them in front of a mic. No, do we? Ha- no, do we have to bring them in? I don't know. Can, how would they? How else would we do it? Okay. All right. Hey, hey, Chud. Chud, where you at? I heard right here. You want to you say a few words? Yeah, let me say a couple words. Hi, friends. This is your favorite half-orc barbarian, Chud. Chud likes stories, and nobody does stories like the gang at Strange New Worlds. They're almost as good as my bard buddy, Sick Daddy. Hey, hey, hey. His name is Sig Dad. Sig Dad. Shut up, Boblin. Anyways, you can go to their website. It's a website. Okay, so don't know what it is. And download free adventure shops and other goodies. You can even give them some money too. They got a free pet shop. You know, Chud loves pets. You can even get my favorite adventure of all time, the quest for Boos. That's the one where I met my best friends, Sario and Day Day. Hey, hey, hey! His name is Diego. Shut up, Bolin. He's my best friend. Hey, is that my echo fish in your pocket? Uh-oh, that's my cue to go. Oh, come here, you stinker. Everyone else, go to snwproductions.com today. Faboos! Faboos! All hail the ale father. Faboos! Get rid of the grain and grape. <laughs> Actually, dude, that has to be my next character I play in anything. Booze? Well, I, I can't because I already made I already made my guy forever on. Uh-huh. No, not booze. No. Boblin? Boblin. Oh, yeah. So I can be like, hey, 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 all the time. And oh, my people. goodness. That'll never get tiring. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> just just be a Goblin Magus in Pathfinder. Yeah, I'm changing uh, my whole background for my Pathfinder character. <laughs> you have to be Boblin now. Uh, so why don't, I mean, just hey, in, hey, in, the hey, spirit, in the spirit of what we've been talking about, why don't we talk about characters that we're creating or excited to play this year. Oh, yeah. Maybe introduce them for the first time here uh, with the, you know, with the caveat that because we haven't started yet in some of these campaigns, we may change it up. We may we may do something different, but uh, who are you going to play? What, what kind of characters are you going to bring to life this year? This lighter has died. <laughs> <laughs> the man who can bring all lighters to the table. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I, well, I was going to, I switched my, I switched I do this very often, and I'm sure every DM here can admit to that because I, I've talked to them about it every time. I switched from my Pathfinder character. I was going to be a Shuni, uh, who was a, a scholar, uh, and he was going to have ter- been turned into a dog, a little dog person, okay, uh, Corgi. Uh, but I changed my mind. Okay. So now I'm going to be a, a cleric because I, I'm interested in it, and I also know it would probably really help us as a party because I have a healer in the group. So I'm going to be a Kitsune cleric. Ooh, okay. But, nice. But uh, I guess a little backstory. Cody will be the GM, so that's why he'll oh, soon be yeah. Game Master Cody. Mm-hmm. But to give a little backstory, we're going to be going through, possibly going through time travel into from 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 D and D into Pathfinder. Oh, so basically, a twist. Yeah, basically. So my character is going to be a human in the D and D lands, and her whole her whole thing is her backstory is uh, her father was Japanese, her mother, and I can't think of any kind of uh, Japanese um, countries from Faerun. I don't. You could do Mangetsu since Mangetsu, we that. Yeah, Mangetsu. Ma- we could do Mangetsunese. that. Mangetsunese. Could be Mangetsunese. Um, and then also her mother's going to be 
kind of from the just like the, the normal town uh, in probably like Waterdeep or something like that. Um, and her father had like passed away before like she was born, and her father passed away before she could even know who he was. Uh, but she has an ancient. He's an ancient like long line of at the very end of the line like there were actual kitsunes that were in uh, in her blood. Uh, but as you know, the kitsunes kind of had relations with humans. Slowly over time, they turned into you know just they're just humans now. Uh, and then when she gets transported there. And back to Pathfinder, she's going to be a Kitsune because of that. Yeah. Why, why, for the life of me right now, I can't imagine what a Kitsune is. It's a fox humanoid. Yeah, it's, oh, fox, okay. it's a fox humanoid that that can magically transform into a oh. to regular humanoid. Uh, so did you ever see, did you ever watch, um, oh my God, what's the name of the show? Uh, the H.P. Lovecraft show on HBO, Love, Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Country. Did you ever yes. watch that? The first episode. Oh, okay. So there's a Kitsune in one of the episodes oh, okay. later on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That sounds exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a cleric. And then we have a free archetype we can choose. So I'm going to do rogue and she's going to have like a katana and be a cleric. And her deity is something uh, that Warhammer fans will know all about. And it is, um, don't remember the name, but it's something coming as Warhammer 3. Mm-hmm. And her basically designation is the Storm Dragon okay. uh, from a faction called Cathay. Uh, and so that's going to be basically my deity. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I... I don't want to speak about my Pathfinder character yet because I, I worked on him last night and based on what you just said, I might actually change a couple things. Um, but uh, I am very excited to play in your Eberron campaign, uh, Prototype B9, uh, who is a, um, he is a Warforged. Um, he's one of the, what they call them, the Juggernauts or whatever. Um, so he's this hulking giant, you know, Warforged that was built for war. Uh, but he, starting at level one, he's been decommissioned and reprogrammed basically. So he's starting out from uh, a blank memory for the most part and he was raised in a church uh that is essentially he's a life cleric so even though he's this big giant shield wielding robot he's all about preserving life and protecting people um and uh, i'm i'm really pumped to play him i already bought the the mini off of uh hero forge a while back so I'm, i can't wait to start playing him yep what about why b9 though why not b10 because he's benign towards others wow <laughs> there you go i, I, I love that that's oh great my goodness <laughs> Wow. I, I am equally excited about playing the Pathfinder character and playing my Eberron character. So I haven't thought the Pathfinder character out as much as I've thought out the, the Eberron because I already, you know, I read all the Eberron background information you sent and kind of came up with a cool story type. So Sir Percy is also Warforged, but he's an artificer and he's a gadgeteer. So he builds stuff. He likes to build things. And his background was that he was found in the field after a combat and repurposed by a gnome to become this assistant in his gadgeteering lab basically and then i i left on an errand for him to go collect some parts when uh, what's what's the thing called uh the big catastrophic event oh oh gosh um come on you're the dm the morning the morning and then the morning happens and when that happens the country we're in is completely devastated glassed basically right so one of my whole purposes is what i'm what, besides the fact that i just love to learn and i want and i love technology and things like that is i want to find out what caused the morning i want to get back into my country i want to find the old lab salvage what i can and see if i can solve the mystery of what really happened with it so cool and the dm really wants you to go in there. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. dude i want to go that was like as a player i mean just reading and i'm like oh that'd be really cool to go in there that's cool yeah, dude. Oh, it would be, be some badass really, shit going on in there really cool <laughs> <laughs> but i am like i said i'm, I'm equal excited to, to play my mages slash gunslinger for pathfinder as well 
I just haven't given a lot of thought. I know he's going to be an elf. He's going to be an ancient elf. I'm thinking he's going to come from a country or realm that's a little some a little dark tower-ish, like maybe. So there's magic and guns and stuff all the time. And it's part of that. And and, and I think maybe he might, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to make him, I don't want to, I don't want to be too dark and tragic. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking what I'm going to do is I'm making more of a, uh, kind of a fun loving and adventurer. Okay. That that's his whole reason. And, 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 and he, and somehow, you know, he obviously got walked adventuring, came through a portal that led to where we're playing in Pathfinder. So cool. I like that a lot. My Ebron character, I'm really excited for. I've had this character in my head for like a year and a half and it's a wild magic barbarian. So when the Wild Magic Barbarian came out, I was super stoked because it just kind of fit the idea that I had for this character from the very beginning. And uh, I just wanted to make a character that was like big and brawny and a barbarian and just hit things really hard, but wasn't a, a rage kind of oriented character and uh i wanted to make a, car- a character whose whose rage function was more like almost like sorrow or pity you know like starts crying because they're about to commit acts that they don't want to commit but they right. have to by bludgeoning your head to death <laughs> <laughs> i the, don't want to do this i don't want to i don't want to this is going to hurt wanna, you yeah, more than it hurts, hurts me <laughs> i mean wait wait, wait yeah. no hold on hold on That's no you, right. you said it right <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, wasn't, it wasn't like the actual saying, but you right, said it correctly. Right, right. I can only hope you forgive me. Yeah, that's a good one. As I like I that. Bash As your I head beat in. the shit out of you. <laughs> I'm going to steal that. <laughs> Just like, you start the, it, like, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry, yeah. sorry. The, the line in my head was uh, like, these tears are not for me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the character is going to be very uh, aesthetic oriented. Yeah. So, you know, like, they want to be pretty, you know giant hulking dude but uh he wears like makeup and he's got like really pretty tattoos on him and in like flashy clothing nice and uh they have a hammer that's made out of a crystallized dragon tooth oh yeah so i don't know that much about the wild magic barbarian it's beautiful yeah tell me about that how how, how, where's the wild magic come into play so there's a chart it's a d10 i think it's a d8 or d10 chart i forget and so whenever you rage you roll on the chart and that is the special effect that your rage uh gets attached to it his pick i do yeah you know i love wild magic well it's not you don't know it's not your kind of wild magic it's not like the sorcerer wild magic they're all they're all buffs and it's a very small chart that's still pretty cool <laughs> yeah so my favorite Wait, is so there's, uh, no, there's, so there's no anti-buffs there's nothing that can go wrong with it no okay no uh well i think there is one where you could potentially harm your allies i think it's like a like a tendril kind of thing comes out of the ground and it hits an area mm-hmm. i don't remember there's you i think like there is one that could potentially hurt your allies but it's not a whole lot of damage right my favorite is the one where your weapon gains the throne property it's like 20 feet so it's not like anything special really you're just adding versatility to what your combat can do right but the weapon automatically returns to you. And I just like the idea of throwing my giant hammer Hell at yeah. people. Hell and yeah, then man. it comes back to me like Thor. Yeah, well, you know how much John loves it. But it's pretty. That was the coolest freaking thing, man, to be able to do that. Yeah, and, and Kurt loves... He, he had a he had a hammer he had a hammer which he lost when he got captured in in um, in uh, Raven Ravenloft and but he still had that mug and he, he threw that mug all the time and you know what that mug didn't do that much damage I think it's just that 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 ability to be able to throw a weapon hit somebody and get it back <laughs> it's just fun it's fun yeah. uh, there's another one that lets you teleport I think thirty feet as a bonus action oh that's that's cool I love the idea of being able to like run up to somebody smash their smash head them. open and then teleport to somebody else and smash their head open I'm already loving this dude yeah I'm totally loving this this so, is cool uh, his backstory is that he he was born in the Feywild, and because he was born in the Feywild, his body just kind of automatically attuned to the crazy-ass oh, magic that's there. Cool. Awesome. Uh, his parents were trapped there in the Feywild, and he was born. 
And his parents uh, selfishly sold him to one of the kind of the Fey hierarchies as a as a means of getting out of the Fey Wild. So then he was raised in the Fey Wild by these kind of elder Fey. I love it. And um, I like the idea that the elder Fey just kind of wanted to fuck around with him. <laughs> and so when he was a small child, she would just leave him in the forest to fend for himself. <laughs> And that's that how he ended like, up being so incredibly strong. That's a fey thing right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to fuck with this mortal. Yep. And so now, now, so you know, 20 something odd years later, now he's like this six foot plus giant brawny dude. And he just kind of happened to come across a, a, a dead dragon that had, uh, what's it called when like trees? Fossilized. Yeah, kind of like fossilized, but it's like it's a dragon, so it's magic. I'm pretty nice. crystal. I love, I love dude. Bro, that is awesome. I love this That's character so already. Cool. Now, the only thing that disappoint that disappoints me about this character is he's not warforged because I really wanted us to have a party completely of warforged. <laughs> yeah, I think Keenan's character is also warforged. He's warforged. Yeah. John's be, a warforged. I'm well, a warforged. So we basically yeah. have three warforged and then somebody who is not from normal society. Which, which <laughs> probably I don't. I haven't talked to Keenan too much about his character, but he's probably going to have the most normal warforged because you're you're basically a cleric. Yeah. I'm basically an inventor mm-hmm. who loves adventure and I'm not going to, I'm, and I'm already kind of working on my voice and his voice is not going to be a mechanical voice. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be more of a, more of a, a, a fun loving British voice kind of thing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think B9 is going to be more like a, why must we hurt others? <laughs> <laughs> Can't we all just get along? And you know, Keenan's just going to play an assassin droid. So <laughs> if he hears this, he might change his mind just to spite you. But <laughs> just yeah, to spite probably. Me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I think Keenan's here. I disagree. <laughs> wow. It was like he was really here for a second. And then he left. He's gone. Yeah. Like a shadow. Well, like- I, I think that was a great conversation, guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see all these characters. Uh, I hope everybody listening got a few things, uh, tips and tricks. Uh, so happy to be back to podcasting. So excited to play Hell Squad here in a little bit, too. So yeah. any final advice or thoughts for anybody? No, I think we covered it all. I'd, I'd just say, you know, going back to the, the topic we talked the most about with um, inhabiting your character is don't overthink it. If you're a new player, just kind of roll with it because you're learning you're learning the game too as a new player, right? Just do your best to to, to 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 come up with a character concept, and it doesn't have to be super deep. You don't have to go into nine pages of backstory like we always do. Uh, just just you know, don't overthink it. Just try to get in somebody else's head and somebody else's shoes and let it roll. I would say if you're a new player, usually new players, old old players too. But yeah. Uh, yeah. if you're a new player, um, take a look at those uh, when you, you know going through your background when you're creating your character. Take a look at those flaws, the ideals. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, Thank you. Um, good, good point. Bonds and uh, just figure out what do you want like. Based Based off of those, see if you want to maybe modify them, change them. But they're really good at you know helping you figure out what you want your character's background to fully be. Um, also, if you want to get a little more in depth, Xanathar has a Xanathar's guide mm-hmm. has a really in depth backstory. Basically, you just go through the entirety of your life. You can roll for it. You can use the options mm-hmm. they've already provided. Uh, using that too. And uh, number one thing, though, no, communicate. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't said that for a while. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think uh, for me, it's also just about having fun. Yeah, and have they, fun and. and, and get out of your comfort Always. zone a little bit you know hopefully you're not in one of those dnd groups where like people would make fun of you for doing a voice or for really getting into your yeah. character i mean there are all those groups out there let's be real there yeah. are those groups yeah. that they're more about just doing a combat simulator mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. something like that and maybe you need to read the room a little bit or yeah. if you're invited into that group you know ask the person inviting you in like hey if i come you know to the table and i'm like i'm gonna you know role play that character and maybe do an accent or a voice or people gonna make fun of me they'd be cool with that um you know maybe just read the room on that but yeah. outside of that lean in get out of your comfort zone and just really really inhabit your character and have a lot of fun 
if and if you're if you have a hard time kind of coming up with what the character is going to be in the backstory and you know you talk about sanathars um there's this old supplement and i don't know if it's available anymore i still have the books and they're worn as hell it's called central casting uh it was just a it, it's a non-denominational uh role-playing book it's for any system and it will literally help you kind of build your backstory the same thing it's all random tables which can be very interesting oh yeah if you don't have an idea so all right well this has been fun appreciate it hey guys thanks for hanging with us while we kind of rambled on about a bunch of stuff this is kind of what we're going to call a little random episode as we kind of got warmed up to being in front of the mics again if you do like what you hear please please check out our patreon page and help us keep bringing you our podcasting content and also our downloadable content on our website snwproductions.com we will be having a brand new shop that cody and i worked on together coming out very soon and it's probably our most expansive shop it's based off the thieves like us uh, adventure that we created and it's basically a shop where you can fence stolen goods but it's a little deeper than that we also have uh we have a story hook for each unique item that the dms can use to create an adventure around that item and around your purchase of that and we also have a very interesting um system that we put in for minor curses and minor boon i i i really like what we did with that because it kind of it's inspired from what matt does with the star wars game which is very much just we go into the shop and we are almost custom building our items uh and then purchasing them for you know outrageous amount of credits (laughs) but what i liked about that is it made shopping a game yeah and it made it more than just we're going to talk to uh, a character with a silly voice right you know now shopping is is fun it's a game we're doing a thing. We're not just, what do you have? Yeah. Oh, I'll take the battle axe. Uh, so now it is, it turns into like almost like a roulette kind of thing, really. You know, are you going to get some good or are you going to get some bad? Right. But it's a thrift store, so you can buy plate mail and it's cheaper than what normal plate mail would be. But you don't know if it's going to be normal plate mail or if it's going to have a, some kind of minor magical deficiency to it or even even a little minor boon to or it. even a minor boon yeah so yeah it's it's a fun little system uh, the the whole curse idea was uh and and minor boon system um was was cody's and it was a fantastic idea we have 16 unique magic items eight from cody eight from me i didn't realize just how many we created until i was editing i was like whoa we came up with some really cool stuff anyways okay well that's enough of that shameless self-promotion until next time keep rolling those down 20s